I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Welcome to Minute 81 of Season 6 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capra-esque journey through the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Leandra Lynn of the Rocky Horror Minute. Welcome to the show, Leandra. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to, uh, to jump on in. Yeah, I mean, there's no time warp here, so I apologize for that, but, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, there's sort of a, a, I mean, not in these minutes, but later minutes, there will be something that happens in time. But uh, I, maybe you want to call it a time warp. I don't know. Maybe it's, uh, it's you know, it's a, it's a ripple. It's a ripple in time, or you know, in Back to the Future, they would just say that that uh, you know, it's a parallel uh, 1985 that has skewed off the regular timeline, or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, a little less singing and a little less dancing, but it's it's essentially the same thing. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. And and no Tim Curry and no Susan Sarandon and no Barry Bosslager. You know, but you know what can you do? You got you got instead in their place you got Jimmy Stewart and uh, and Don Reed. You know, I think but, that's a good good trade off. Yeah, and Henry Travers. Henry Travers must be the you know in place of Tim Curry here. So that makes oh, sense. I think you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> well, who else could take that spot? <laughs> no, you're right. I just you know, hadn't yeah. thought of it in terms of that, but you no, know, that's spot on. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you, you got to have some sort of clearance. So there you go. <laughs> okay. Well, now I know what I want to see. <laughs> uh, you want to make, you, you want to see a remake of, of, of what? One second. You want to see a remake of this movie with characters from, uh, from Rocky Horror or vice versa? Oh, um, maybe vice versa. I think that. Uh, but at the very least, what I definitely need to see is what Tim Curry would do with the Clarence role. Even uh, even if it wasn't a full swap, that's something that needs to happen. Right. I'm I'm, I'm actually curious to know if he would if he would do it as 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 a um, you know he he's had some great characters so you know he could do it as a Wadsworth he could he could do it as a Pennywise or. <laughs> <laughs> he can do it as as Doctor Frankenfurter. Thank you, Doctor. I was going to say Frankenstein. I knew it wasn't Frankenstein. Frankenfurter. Right there, you go. I, I was close. Frankenfurter. Correct. So, well, if Tim Curry is interested, I will gladly have him on the show, and we can discuss it. You know, if, oh, yeah. if you have connections to him, you know, maybe maybe we can talk to him. Yeah. Yeah, I will. I'll see if I have connections and whether or not he listens to podcasts in general. I think he probably does. <laughs> well, he must listen to the Rocky Horror Minute, doesn't he? Oh, he must. He's an avid fan, I'm sure. He just hasn't called in, hasn't written yet, but it's coming, I'm sure. Okay, keep <laughs> keep, keep your hopes up. It's, it's possible. 
as possible. Yeah, we had Barry Boswick on for, we had a Christmas special and he played Santa Claus and it was super fun. What do you mean? Wait, he got, he, he was willing to be on your, he, he, you got him on the show? Oh yeah. Uh, we, we got him on the show for, we, uh, we decided our first year that instead of doing something that was specifically a minute breakdown for Christmas, we wanted to just do a bunch of Rocky related skits and songs. And we asked Barry Boswick if he'd be willing to do some line readings for Santa Claus. And he did. So I was just highly amused that had you, you get in uh, touch with him. Um, I am friends with somebody who's close friends with him. So at uh, so I was just like he Barry Barry Boswick would say no to this, right? And my friend was like, "What? No, this sounds like the sort of thing that he would be very amused by." So sometime this year, we're hoping to get him on to ask him some actual questions. But even if not. He still was our Santa. Oh, wow. That's very cool. That's very cool. See, yeah. in, in the six seasons that I've done this, I've only gotten one cast member on from it. And then that was my first season with The Great Escape. I got uh, David McCollum, who recently passed oh, away. Wow. Um, so I, I did an interview with him about his experiences uh, making the movie. He, I wanted him to do a minute with me, but uh, he said he doesn't really use Skype and whatever. So I, I basically recorded our phone conversation where I had 15 minutes to... To, to think of questions to, to interview him on. And it just, it was, it was amazing. It was, it was definitely a, it was a great interview to be able to do. Well, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. So, so anyone who's interested can go back and listen to that episode. It was uh, towards the beginning of uh, season one. I think it, it was like, uh, it, I think I released it between uh, episodes 39 and 40 of season one. Or maybe it was between 40 and 41. It, it was somewhere around that point. So if anyone can go there and they can take a look at it. The, the name of the episode is, is My Great Escape, which uh, he, he mentioned when he was referring to his ex-wife. So, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a very interesting conversation. I, I'll leave it at that. So Minute 81 begins with uh, Billy giddily going to cash in his deposit and ends with Potter closing the door silently. So basically, we, we left things on Friday with, uh, you know, Uncle Billy being very, very happy, walking through town. Uh, we're not sure exactly at the beginning where he where he's going. And then we find out that he's going to the bank itself. He enters the bank. And as he's about to fill out his uh, deposit slip, Potter comes in. He goes over to uh, chide Potter a little bit about uh, those Bailey boys. And while he's doing that, he somehow misplaces... Uh, the envelope that that he's holding. And we, we will be discussing this mysterious envelope uh, uh, a lot over the course of this week. It is it is the main focus of this week, I guess you can say. It's the star of this week, for yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. And what Uncle Billy then does is, as this minute begins, he is, is still chuckling at uh, making fun of Mr. Potter, who has already discovered that he has something... Uh, he has this mysterious envelope by him, but uh, Uncle Billy doesn't doesn't realize it. And Uncle Billy stands at the counter getting ready to to fill out his deposit slip, and then he just walks over to the to the uh, teller or the cashier, 
And he says, good morning, Mr. Bailey. Good morning, Horace. And, you know, as he's doing it, uh, I, I, I was thinking about who's this guy who's playing the character of Horace? You know, who is this uh, little-known actor that has a very important role in this movie by trying to point out to Uncle Billy certain things? And this actor's name is uh, Eddie uh, Fatherton who was born in 1896 and passed away in 1965 at the age of 68. He has 227 IMDb credits. Oh, wow. And uh, his claim to fame is, is that more than 40 of these roles, he was either a reporter, newspaper man, photographer, or someone working in a bank. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think he you know, got, got a little bit of a niche there. And, you know, that, was, that was the type of work that he did. You know, he had these small little things. Uh, Billy is standing at uh, the, the in front of the uh, cashier. On top, we see it says "paying and receiving," and he passes over to to Horace. Uh, you know his uh, slip, and Horace turns to him and goes, I, "I guess you forgot something." And he goes, "Huh? You forgot something? What? Well, aren't you going to make a deposit? Oh, sure, 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 I am. Well, then it's usually customary to bring the money with you, <laughs> huh?" Oh, shucks. I knew I had it. Now, I have a big problem with the fact that George knows that Uncle Billy is very absent-minded. Yes. Why the hell would he give him $8,000 to go deposit? That is, that is my note. How this person was ever put in charge of things is beyond me. That's right. I, uh, I can only think... And that I am not a doctor, but I am somebody who uh, who has a, a working knowledge of uh, of mental health. It seems like George Bailey is what might be called an overfunctional person, and what tends to happen with wait George or people, Billy? George. George is overfunctional, and he is very much on top of things but they tend to surround themselves with underfunctional people like billy and billy of course is going to mess this up because billy is an underfunctional kind of flighty person and it is something that it's kind of uh, billy was set up for failure with this just based on their personalities right but this this isn't the first time that he's get you know it's kind of as if they, they make it seem here that this is the very first time that he's giving him this job. You know, this seems of like course. this is Billy's job. <laughs> so, you know, and, and um, George has been working or he's been running the, the building and loan since 1928. And this is 1945. So we're talking 17 years. He's trusted Uncle Billy 17 years to do this job. And he hasn't messed up once or not this big, if if at all. I'm no, actually, you know what? I'm I'm actually gonna go out on a ledge and say that he's never messed up before. Because I think if he would have messed up, George would have would have changed the way they would have done things. Even if he Absolutely. misplaced a hundred dollars, doesn't matter. You know. But this is one of those things where I think that if George had thought about it, he would have gone. Now Billy's not somebody that. Uh, that can really focus, maybe there should be something else that I put him in charge of. But it hasn't been a problem yet. So, okay, this should be fine. But I still think that 
Billy Bailey is set up for failure because this is exactly the sort of thing that uh, that can happen when the, when your very flighty uh, heart of gold friend who isn't terribly organized is in charge of something this huge. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a problem. Uh, there's there's no question about it. I mean, this is uh, there aren't that many flaws I would say in this movie, but this I mean this this is needed for the plot. But it just doesn't make sense. It's not something that would have normally happened. In a, he, he would have given it to either Eustace or Tilly to take care of it. I mean, they're cousins. It's oh, not as sure. if you know. It's not as if the two of them are completely, uh, you know, not connected here. You know, the it's not someone. That... It's it's something they need to to try to say. Okay, should we trust these people that are working here for twenty years? You know, as opposed to someone who forgot to go to his nephew's wedding. Because he, you know, even though he had a string tied around his finger. It's, uh, I really would like to think that it's one of those things where maybe George in the past has gone, maybe maybe we have Tilly do this. And Billy goes, no, 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 no. I can do this. You can count on me. This is different. I know how important this is. Like, I can absolutely see this being a a family issue because Billy, of course, is is older. And there's a level of how can you how can you tell this person who is who has been around longer than you and hypothetically knows more about what to do that they can't do this specifically like basic but important thing. So I really wouldn't be surprised if while there hasn't been an issue before it's something that everybody's somewhat uneasy about. Right. Okay. All right. That I, I can, I can buy that. I definitely can buy that. I mean, come on. Everyone knows that he's, that, that, that he is uh, absent-minded, even Horace. Cause Horace then says, yes. how about that finger there pointing to, you know, the fact that, that <laughs> Billy has a string around one of his fingers saying, maybe that string is what's going to tell you where you left the money. So maybe this has happened before, but, but Horace has, has saved the day. Yeah. You know, the, I, George doesn't know about it, but it, it could be that, that, that there have been some mishaps along the way. The, the major factor in this is maybe in the past, he hasn't bumped into Potter. Well, maybe he did, but he just didn't, didn't give the Potter the money. <laughs> That's the difference. Exactly. <laughs> yes. No, but I mean, what happened last week, if you're paying attention, is it, you know anyone who's paying attention will notice that what he did was is very absent-minded here also because he he folded the envelope inside of the newspaper and happened to you know just pass the newspaper back. It wasn't something you know it was done in a very subtle way also. It's it's the sort of thing that I could see myself doing. I lose my phone like three times a day. I I lost my wallet for the uh, for three weeks last year because I had moved and put it in a box and didn't know where it was. So I can't really give Billy too much trouble because Billy is me. I can't be trusted. Okay. So it's, it's a good thing that <laughs> you're just the guest here and I'm not giving you $8,000. Yeah. Don't give me $8,000. I will put it down and go, it's disappeared. Right. Especially since that $8,000 in 1945 is worth a little bit more nowadays. We, yeah, we talked. We talked about that. We talked about that last week, where it's it's that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not something that uh, 
you really want to, yeah, it, you know, it, it, I asked the question last week and I don't have the answer to it as to how is it possible that they really have that much money in their, uh, you know, in their kitty. And that's a good uh, question. Because, you know, <laughs> for their time, if you're talking about $8,000, right? So, how, how, okay, you know what? I'll ask you the first question. They have a vault. Why aren't they keeping that money in the vault? <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, it's safer to keep it in the bank, uh, except for uh, during the Depression. But still, you know, you got to get the money from point A to point B. And that, that seems to be the issue here. Yeah, I had no idea. I Why would you give Billy this responsibility? That's right. It's it's a lot. <laughs> it's definitely a lot. But as you said, you know, nepotism. <laughs> yes. They got to give it to him because uh, he, he's part of the family. Um, and as this is happening, we get a shot from inside of Potter's office. And he opens up the newspaper and, uh, you know, is, is even is ecstatic that he's found the money. And they, they have like a few notes of ominous music that happens right there. The look of recognition on Potter's face. And he goes, Bailey. And then he turns to his, his helper behind him, his man, and he goes, take me back there. Hurry up. Come on, look sharp. You know, he has him, uh, you know, wheel him over uh, back to the door so that he can quickly look out. You know, and... You know, he, he slowly opens the door and you see him peeking out and he's looking at Billy and Billy is trying to search his pockets, trying to find out, uh, you know, trying to find the money somehow. And Potter keeps looking on. And and then, you know, we see Billy uh, uh, go outside and he <laughs> did, did you notice where he starts looking for things when he's outside? Was it in the snow? Well, he's What's looking. That? No, well, first, sorry. Before, beforehand, he's looking inside of the. Sorry, before he goes outside, he's looking near where he was filling the deposit slip. He's just looking in the garbage. You know, maybe he dropped it in the garbage pail. Which, uh, which probably is something that he's done in the past. And maybe. He's just so, oh. Maybe. And you know Potter is enjoying watching all this, and he he watches Billy hustle out outside. You know, slowly closes the door, nice and happy that this is what's going on. Finally, he's he's got those Baileys where he wants them. I do like that in the universe of this minute and only this minute, there is a possibility that Potter might do the right thing. Because uh, you at least get the idea that that's his gut instinct. He first gets his goon to uh, to push him toward the door. And then we don't know for sure what he's going to do with this information now that he knows exactly what's happening. And maybe by next minute, he the, he decides to do the right thing and the day is saved and this is the la this is the end of the movie. Or maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think we've gotten to know Potter quite well throughout the course of, of this movie. And you know that uh, forgetting about the fact that there's sinister music, you know that he is definitely going to be doing, uh, you know, he's, he's not going to be doing the right thing. No, of course not. You know, that that's also one of the, the reasons why, and I've mentioned this before, that Potter seems to be one of the best villains in movies because 
they actually let him get away with this, even during the days of the code. You know, when, when people couldn't get away, you know, you had to show that everyone gets some sort of retribution for what they've done. But Potter is one of the few people that is able to get away with the fact that he basically keeps this money and doesn't give it back. Exactly. You know, think about it. If someone took $350,000 from you, you would do all you can to try and find that money. <laughs> but what's interesting is it seems like most people don't even realize that it was Potter who did it. By the end, it's uh, they don't really ever reach back out. and Nobody cares. Uh, nobody cares because... I mean, it's a happy ending, but you don't you don't think about what's happening in the periphery of that happy ending. Correct, because you don't need to. Because I think exactly. that's part of that that that's part of the the theme of this movie is the fact that uh, you know what's important is the people that are around you and the people that care about you. And if there are people that are going to be able to that are going to that are willing and able to help you. So then, you know, you don't have to, you, you don't have any worries. So he no longer needs to, to uh, worry about the fact that that money has disappeared. It doesn't matter. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. The, uh, there's always another day. That's right. You know, so I, I, I think that they, they, they do a nice job with that. You know, by showing that uh, the way that, the way that, that, that plays out. Basically we, we see, Uncle Billy, leave, leave, leave the area, and uh, you know we'll, we'll have to wait and find out tomorrow where he goes next to look for things. It could be anywhere. It could be, could be. So, did did you have anything else you want to say about this unit? Um, not uh, not particularly. You really jumped in and uh, and gave me a great opportunity to throw out the points that I had already prepared. Okay, that that's good. Isn't isn't that the way these conversations are supposed to go? <laughs> One would hope. <laughs> exactly that that is the goal, and and I'm glad when we're able to reach that goal. So, uh, there, there's actually one thing that I did have to, uh, to say about it. So, the name Horace did did you uh, do you know what it what it means? I don't. You have have you ever heard the name before? Um. I know that it's an Egyptian god. Uh, that otherwise... is one of them. There, yeah. there is an Egyptian uh, god. There is a uh, Roman, uh, Roman leader uh, yeah. who was uh, known as Horatius uh, uh, Fl- Horatius Flacus. I think that's how it was. But he was he was known as Horus. Um, he was he was a senator. Oh, okay. In Rome, back uh, back in the day, <laughs> uh, there there is an Egyptian uh, god by by the name of uh, of of Horus, but it's it's actually spelled differently. Um, and uh, I I found a list of must be like ten pages of people named Horus. I've never heard people being called that name before. It was just very it was very weird to me to see so many that were. Yeah, I'm wondering. Here. I'm wondering if it was just a much more common name back then, kind of like I guess Agatha. Now, um, you don't really. No, you, there were plenty of Agathas many, many years ago, but you don't really see that as a as a common name these days. Right. I mean, most of the people that I see on this list that were named uh, Horace were, were born in the 18. 18- 
1800s or 1900s. Uh, but literally, there sense. there are a lot of people here on this list. There was there was a basketball player, an NBA player named Horace Walker, who passed oh. away in 2001. He was born in 1937. You know, that was that was one of the the, the most recent ones that I found. Uh, there there are a few others here and there, but uh, and then there are uh, a bunch of fictional characters also named uh, Horace. Uh, there's a character on the the show Family Guy, whose name is uh, Horace. There is a novel written by George Sand in 1840 called Horace. There is a daily cartoon, you know, a, a, a comic strip named Horace. Hmm. Uh, there is a video game series from 1980s called the called Horace. Um, Clifford the Big Red Dog. There, one of the characters' name is Horace Bleakman. Uh, on on Lost, the TV series Lost, there was a character named Horace Godspeed. Oh, I remember that. Uh, <laughs> Hor- Horace was one of the henchmen in 101 Dalmatians. Um, what else is there here? Uh, uh, in Harry Potter, there is a character named Horace Slughorn. Okay. Uh, I do remember that too, yeah. Yes. That that's the uh uh that that that's an important character <laughs> in Harry Potter. So yeah, okay, that that's all I have for for uh for this episode. Every Monday we have a segment called Capra Monday where my guests will give their top 5 uh Frank Capra movies. So Leandro, why don't you start with your number 5 and work your way up? All right. I think that It Happened One Night is my number five. Number four is Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. Just amazing commentary on the role of media. Really like You Can't Take It With You, of course. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington is my number two. I think that that's Jimmy Stewart at at his best. And then... This is kind of a a cheesy answer, maybe. I I have to go with arsenic and old lace as my favorite. It's just so charming, so fun. Wait, I missed something there. You said it happened one night, Mr. Deeds. And then you I can't heard take it with you. Ah, I missed okay, I missed you can't take it with you. Oh, I might have uh, I might have just glossed over that. You can't take with uh, you can't take it with you is another one of my favorites because of just all the social commentary. I really think Capra uh, and I'm not I'm not saying anything that people don't already know. Uh, Capra was so good at social commentary, and these are, I think, all of them have good comments, except maybe Arsenic and Old Lace, my favorite, but it's just so silly. <laughs> so you're telling me that that It's a Wonderful Life isn't even on your list? Wow. It isn't. I still like It's a Wonderful Life quite a lot, but I, as far as top five it doesn't quite hit it. Okay. All right. That, that's fair. Um, you, not everyone can, can, can love this movie as much as some of us, you know, which is, which is fine. That's allowed. You know, if, if everyone only loved the movie, then there wouldn't be anything to talk about. Cause you know, we would, we would all say this is just such a great movie. So, I, I do think that it's such a great movie though. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely agree. It would be very strange if you didn't feel that way. That's right. That is correct. And I do. (laughs) (laughs) 
I definitely do. All right. So do you want to tell people uh, where they, how they can find you? Of course you can, you can find me at rockyhorrorminute.com or just look up Rocky Horror Minute, any place you get your podcasts. All right, great. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Mover a Minute. You can find me on my website, moveraminute.com. You can find me on uh, Twitter, and you can find me on Facebook. So until tomorrow, hot dog. Hot dog. I love you truly, truly Life with its sorrow, life with its tears.